You're a funny guy, Sally. I like you. That's why I'm going to kill you last. What do you want to tell me now, tough guy? I said, Bing, what are you doing here? I thought I'd tell you to go fuck your mother. <laughs> you don't trust me at all, do you? I tell you what, you make it through tomorrow without killing anybody, then I'll start trusting you. Fair enough. Remember, Sally, when I promised to kill you last? That's what made you. You did. I lied. All right, welcome to 2019, Kill You Last fans. We are back for the first podcast of the new year. Yeah. I am Peter Garacci, as always. I'm Alex Pashera. We have our guest today. My name is Jeremy Shaftel. Yes, Woo! Jeremy. Love a guest who intros himself. Yeah. Love it. Jeremy, welcome. It's great to have you on the pod. Thanks for having me. Uh, so what movie did you want to talk about? I wanted to talk about planes, trains, and automobiles. Nice. <laughs> I don't know. Is that a boat? <laughs> I don't know what that was. Uh, dude. No boats. I watched this movie last night and thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah. That fucking yeah, yeah. John Hughes, man. He he makes me emotional, man. Is that uh, is that great. weird to say? I, I love this movie. Oh, Seriously. you did? Yeah. So it's, it's Never heard of it before. This is actually our second John Hughes movie. We did Ferris Bueller already. Love John Hughes. So this is one that I didn't really know. We were talking about this before we started. A lot of my movie knowledge came on whatever played on Channel 11 when I was a kid. And this is just one of those that wasn't on TV a lot. So I kind of missed this. Um, so this one is actually fairly new for me, which is unusual for the podcast. But It's nice when you're a kid and not burdened by taste like kids are today. <laughs> they have to choose what they want to watch now. Right, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. right. No, back then it was like whatever... See, a was part on. of me, that's my theory why people hold this movie in such high esteem, because it came out in a time where John Hughes is, is, is dogma. He's on TV, so he's right. Yeah. I don't think this was a good movie. Oh, shit. Really? You're yeah. one of those. Oh, sneaky moves. Sneaky so move. I, I'm actually very curious to get into this, because this is not my favorite John Hughes by a well, long shot. Wow. Well, not, I'm not saying it. But I love John Hughes in general. I will say I like this movie. I just don't think it's a good movie. Okay, so, that's uh, so let's get into it. What do you, like? Elaborate, please. Yeah. All right, so I chose this movie because I've never watched it before. This is, comes across in a lot of different podcasts. Comedians quote it as their favorite movie. I only knew it from the, uh, the Family Guy spoof, where it has mm. a... Well, it's a common scene that Steve Martin and John Candy, and there's a moment where Steve Martin, like, totally you know, attacks John Candy's character. That was a great scene, man. Yeah, it yeah. says, you know, John Candy's his defense is, you know, I like me. My wife likes me. I'm the genuine article. Blah, 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 blah. And you think like, oh, wow, Steve, you know, he, uh, he went a little too far. And he needs to understand that John, he's a flawed person, but he should learn to accept him because he's a beautiful person at the same time. And... <laughs> It's also such a sincere scene yeah, that it it's almost like insane how like emotionally vulnerable it is for like a big fat dynamo like John Candy to sort of explore that that I thought that was like the last scene of the that's my only uh, experience with the film going into it. So, so you knew that scene. That before. scene is in the first fucking ten minutes of the movie. Yeah, I, I, probably the first third, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's the third scene. Okay. So I like I I'm a huge Ferris Bueller guy. I'm a huge Vacation guy, and The Breakfast Club is probably my third favorite John Hughes movie. This is in the like middle somewhere. Like yeah, I I love Candy, but I love Candy like in Vacation and it's, like Candy's great in small 
doses because he's so funny. He's so interesting. Like, wait, but let me just do the the opening arguments. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I mean, no, no, no. Please, 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 please. You were interrupting. Okay. Me. I apologize. So, first experience with the movie. I watched it a few times since uh, we planned this podcast, and the the reason why I say I don't think it's a good movie, but I still liked it, is because it is such a dissonant. Tone, dissonant tonally. Yeah, there's yeah, there's yeah. about five or six different tones. On one hand, there is you know it's the love story between Steve Martin and his wife that he's trying to reunite with on Thanksgiving, and then there's also the competing love story with him and John Candy, and then there's a separate story about you know the the reliance on the modern technology of the time that is also like a, a critique. So there's that whole kind of man versus machine conflict. Yeah. It also doesn't fit in with two rivaling love stories. And then it ends with this sort of, you know, like like psychological uh, just exploration. Like, like it reminds me of um, a Kaiser Suse sort of reveal where yeah. John Candy. <laughs> that was sad. Yeah, where John Candy like comes clean. By the way, spoiler, John Candy's wife has been dead for three, eight years. Eight years or eight something years. like that. Also, yeah. This movie is yeah. also... 31 years yeah, old so we don't so, have to so there, there's that element as well and even the score just reflects how tonally dissonant all those rivaling storylines are so you know the one hand there's like the 80s pop the, the, the modern synth With that the synth of the stuff, time yeah, yeah. it's 1987 I love it and then there's the, the country like Roseanne Harmonica that comes in uh, from time to time like they don't really combine the two aesthetics or the two genres of music and on top of that, you know, it's just like there are moments like John Candy and Steve Martin, everybody knows them from comedy, and they, they have like slapstick moments where they're spooning in bed for no reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they have like little homophobic sort of, it's 80s homophobia. It's not. It's gentle, know, gentle was, homophobia. Yeah, yeah. Good natured homophobia. I was going to bring the scene up, um, but before uh, before I do that, one of my first notes I wrote down was, oh, gay joke wouldn't wouldn't fly. Exactly. In, in, yeah, there's two gay jokes. In I the mean, beginning. It, that didn't. It's, it's not that it would be offensive. The problem was just that it didn't. It's it's another tonally dissonant aspect to these characters and what the movie is trying to convey. It wants to do all these uh, things. What do you mean? I kind of disagree. I think that that was part. That was part part of their bonding was like showing that they were both a little bit insecure about something potentially being gay. They did, they just met. They didn't guess, know each other and they both reacted well, the same Steve way. Well, Steve Martin's character is not someone that's down for bits. All right? He is uh he's a hard ass rich asshole. Yeah. That's the character they set up and he just I Right, think, but he becomes well, that's because John Hughes is God, and he wrote him that way. But yeah. Well, he it, is God in this scenario. It's very inconsistent personality okay. defect. Yeah. Okay. Well, a de- defect? Yeah. If, What's the defect? This is not. Uh, if this, if you knew that that character in real life, you'd be like, I think this person is bipolar. I think they have. I think they have borderline personality Steve, disorder. Yeah. Steve Martin. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. Are you okay. Are you a John Hughes fan in general? Do you have? Other, I am a John Hughes fan. Like, what's your I, favorite? Ferris John Bueller's Hughes? Day Off is one of my favorite okay. movies yeah. of all time. Okay. Yeah. I. Me too. He, this is his movie after Ferris Bueller's Day Off. This is 1987, and a part of me believes that this was John Hughes's producers. Like this was my. I just want to. What I always wanted to do as a director is like spend three months with John Candy and Steve Martin, yeah, and just around. have them do whatever I write. And I think, oh, I see what you mean. And I don't think he really, at this point in his career, kind of gave a shit 
about creating uh, an authentic world. <laughs> yeah. Or, or a world that is like somewhat, you know, consistent in, in story logic. I, uh, I'm a huge John Hughes guy. One of like the most Wait. interesting characters in, in Hollywood. But yeah, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. Sorry. I'm sorry. I just want to say uh, before I lose this idea, uh, just think about the log line for planes, trains, and automobiles for a second. All right. What is your worst traveling experience? Okay. See, if somebody said that to me, I'd be like, I wouldn't watch this movie if you paid me a fucking million dollars. <laughs> I hate traveling. No one likes traveling. Whenever you hear how somebody like, you know, was stranded at LaGuardia Airport, I want to fucking set myself on fire and leave this earth. I don't want to listen to you. Yeah. And he made a movie about it. It is kind of, it is anxiety inducing because it is like you're, it's, it's, like, I, I felt like on edge watching this movie a little bit because it's like, yeah, it's like all the, I started to think about my traveling experiences and yeah. like, I've had, like, I, I had a kidney stone in, in France and had to get off a train and go to a hospital. It's like, that's not something I want to relive for enjoyment. Wow, that sounds that's, very art house. Uh, you know what? It's it's something that I've thought about. I should probably put pen to paper and write that story. But yeah, I had to go. Very get, black and white. Lots of shadows. Yeah. <laughs> Very French. Like Contours. I, I, remember the, I remember the coffee in the hospital being delicious. And I think the croissant was pretty good, too, that they gave me in the hospital. But other than that, they were I assholes. hate the way you just said croissant. I, so I said croissant. Oh, croissant. Croissant. It was fr- I was in France. It was a little, a little It was much. a big swing. Deschamps. <laughs> yeah. I was in Burgundy. Burgundy? I don't know. I can't pronounce it. I'm acting. This is a great podcast. Yes. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, so you you really don't like this movie? No, 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 no. I like, liked it a so lot. I think oh. we, I think we can tell that Jeremy is a movie guy. Yeah, Jeremy for sure, knows for sure. movies, and it's he's so he's got, coming at it using big guy. words, big yeah. terms. It's not well. Term. I don't think it's well done, but I really liked it. Mm. <laughs> what do you mean? Okay, because because I don't really consider myself a movie like nerd the way Peter does, um, and I think I agree with you because I don't know what a great movie really should be, but th- I definitely enjoyed. If you like it or not? I enjoyed this. Actually, movie. no, well, I, no. I, I, you I'm just, just contradicting, you literally yeah, contradicting just, myself. That's what I'm talking about. Is that I thoroughly enjoyed. I think it doesn't this matter movie. if it's I, okay. So, maybe but I don't, good, I don't. Good or bad is probably not the correct adjectives I should use. Did you enjoy it? I enjoyed it a lot. I just should say that I think that it's a flawed movie, and I don't think it's it's that well done. But whether or not it's good or bad should be entirely indicative of your relationship with it. Yeah, and I sure. really enjoyed it. I just thought, like, man, it's all over the place. It is. Yeah. It is all over the place. Um, I mean, a car literally goes on fire. Yeah. So like, good or it, bad. Also, I hate when people say good or bad about art in general. It's like, like it's not for you. Yeah. Like yeah. the person made it with like this is what he wanted to make. This is what John Hughes wanted to make. It's very sentimental, and I think people have it like. Uh, like you know people associate this movie with the holidays and seeing your family and, and it's because and it's because people then like it pushes those buttons where you think about like oh i want to spend thanksgiving with my family and it's not necessarily that they're saying oh this is a great film about thanksgiving it's just a movie yeah. that makes me think about thanksgiving with my family all right so that's sentimentality so like i think i think people are i think my if i was going to psychoanalyze like people's response to this movie it's they're just responding to the, responding to the sentimentality of the movie yeah I think, so it's manipulative in that way i think when i going uh backtrack to the producer statement i think john hughes really wanted to piss a lot of people off with this movie really i think he really just wanted to have a blast making a movie with no rules yeah well I mean, p- piss who off 
people this, what that type care of movie for people, people like like me that would you think would care about like the the rules of structure and logic and rooted into like a coherent narrative arc and an emotional arc i think he really just it seems like it's such a fun movie for such a you know relentless uh uphill battle of a like just the the idea of like getting home for thanksgiving where everything goes wrong yeah i think he like had a blast writing and making this film yeah it looks like there's you can like there's something that's reading off screen just like the chemistry between steve martin and john candy uh is just undeniable and i think that's that's the one cohesive element in this movie. Well, here's the thing about it. That's the whole movie. Exactly. I mean, they're on screen. Exactly. Who else is in this movie? I mean, there's the there's people on the phone. There's oh, there's dude, side characters. That, oh, oh, yeah, ending. I think I know what you're going to say. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the ending? I was going to say, oh. dude, that guy that picks them up, it, he oh, steals yeah, yeah. the movie. He's there's the a funniest. lot of Coen Brothers-esque like, like fringe the, characters. He kept yeah. like, yeah. Yeah. he like, makes that noise. Like, well, John, like, Do you know so, what I'm talking about? Yeah, so John, okay. like, well, John Hughes, it's like his his movies, like they live in these like simple universes. Like Ferris Bueller is literally a day, you know. Uh, vacation is they got to get from Chicago to Wally World in however long it takes. And this movie, this movie kind of mirrors. I was going to say va- quite pretty similar. It, 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 yeah. it, even the car kind of reminds me of the station wagon in Vacation. It's got like a similar like color yeah theme to mm. like the green and with the, like the brown fake wood on the outside and the, the scene of them driving and almost dying it's very similar to a scene in vacation where chevy chase falls asleep behind the wheel and almost kills his whole family so but i like john hughes we should talk about a little bit so he was a he was an like an ad guy in chicago wrote a short story steve martin plays an ad guy in chicago yeah, yeah so he i mean so he like john hughes's world is very much like he, yeah, he's like the god of this universe where he reuses these like scenarios and like it's everybody's like it's everything is based around Chicago, and he was a Chicago guy and he was an ad guy and he knows like upper middle class, like you could tell suburban he, Chicago. You could lifestyle. tell he was plugged into eighties yuppie culture yeah, and, in, in a way that he didn't like it, oh, but yeah. he knows about. So like it. the running joke, like like Home Alone, the house in Home Alone, like that family is so rich, rich. it's so yeah. clear. But that's the world that John Hughes came from. But he clearly like likes these people and he but he also likes like the schlubs and like the midwestern kind of yokels and weirdos he's always got these like funny characters in his movies that are like what are they the cop the highway cop yeah. or like the, the you know running a small town so motel. do you think that uh john candy's character and steve martin's character were both opposite extremes of his own personality i think that where he has these midwestern sensibilities uh emotionally and temperamentally but he comes from a world that's very sort of finance bro you know my guess is that Steve Martin character is close to John Hughes, but John Candy, I think he just loves. I think he loved John Candy as a person, and oh, he yeah. wanted to give John Candy very well. a chance to like shine and re- and 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 I think that John Candy had played like you know it's there. There's the trope of the fat funny guy, the John Belushi and the Candy and the Chris Farley, and like they often don't get to really show you their sweet side. And I think he wanted to give his friend a chance. To be funny and be crazy, and be but a also be good very actor. be very sweet. A part of me thinks that the eating and smoking in bed kind of came from John Candy and oh, not from sure. John Hughes. For sure, for sure, <laughs> definitely the they're smoking. Like, yeah. yeah, they're setting up a new shot. They're trying to set up some lights, and yeah. John Candy's like, "You mind if I have a snack and smoke while we?" Yeah, for sure, <laughs> set up? for sure. I actually, I actually wrote this down watch, watching this. Uh, that because it, I was thinking about the John Candy's like life, the character's lifestyle in this movie, and like who he is, like the way he eats, the way he smokes, all this stuff that drives yeah. Steve Martin crazy. And then I was thinking about Farley and John Belushi, and the line that popped in my head is that in comedies, fat people are never innocent. 
Like their lives are a disaster, and it's it basically the movies always show that it's their fault. Like they can't get it together. Like if John Candy yeah. could just get his life together, and like he could be Steve Martin's There's character, no self control. Yeah. So you can't really fault them because even if they could make things right, they're unable to. Yeah, they're they're both. Uh, it's not their fault, but they're also the cause of all the yeah. destruction around them. And and John Candy is clearly the cause of all this chaos. And in- he has his job in the movie. He's he sells shower curtain rings, yeah, but yeah. he's the best at that. <laughs> yeah. And he is a good salesman. In yeah. the movie, they show multiple examples of that because he's he understands uh, the uh, human condition. Yeah, he's so in touch with the command. There's a great moment. One of my favorite moments in the movie was when they're on the bus. And they only have a their ticket only gets them to uh, St. Louis, right? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. And you know, it's a long ride, and they're trying to like you know pass the time because there's no phones, there's no podcasts, there's nothing they can listen to. to they have to oh. kind of like play yeah, you know yeah, yeah. old fashioned communal bus games. <laughs> and Steve Martin tries to get a sing along going, <laughs> yeah. and he does this kind of like uh, very obscure like jazz song that. It's probably like really popular among his circle, right? Like a like and, a like a, like yeah. a wealthy elite. Would yeah, know yeah. And no one on the bus knows it. And they look back at John him. John Candy like, yeah. saves them by singing the Flintstones theme yeah, song. Yeah, yeah. Flintstones, meet the Flint. And everyone on the bus Which, immediately. Wait, but, picks but, but, but hold on, let's 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 uh, unpack this for a second. Sure. Imagine being like oh, like forty and decide, you know what song I'm going to sing? The Flintstones theme song. Yeah, exactly. Listen, I've been on a bus and busted out the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air theme song, and the whole bus but will sing But you're a comedian. He's a, Wait, I don't believe that. Uh, yeah, for we're, sure. We're, he's we're a widowed like, man in his 40s. I'm about to be 40, so... I was going to say, when did this happen, Peter? A uh, couple years ago. We're no. worried about you now, by the way. I don't remember exactly, but I remember being was in this, that... Was this, you like, okay? post-internet age? Is there anything you want to no, talk to us about? pre-internet. No, I just like... Some, it's fun to get a whole bus to do stuff. You ever... You never got like a whole bus to do anything? Maybe like in like, you know, grade school. Well, I did that too. I got the whole bus to chant stuff. When I always thought you were a loser growing up. No, no, no. I, was, I, was, <laughs> I, I mean, last time was like a, a high school dare on a bus where it's like. Always, a, oh, do you remember the dare? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's usually like you're the teacher is minding her own business. And it's like Billy Madison type of dare. Or like I bet you like you're not Touch gonna, your boobs. yeah yeah something along that or maybe like throw like a piece of food at the front mm-hmm. see if like they say anything. it's stupid would shit you, like would you that. ever do it uh, I probably did everything because I was like desperate for a laugh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I was such a dick in like eighth grade I got the whole bus to chant kill the bus driver just yeah for, just exactly I, was, like, I feel so bad now I would I would kill the bus driver I don't know we were just wow. fucking, you know bad. what you have your moment. Yeah, (laughs) and you gotta. That just shows like that you're gonna be someone that wants to be on stage. Well, as as a comedian, you're constantly testing out what what works and what doesn't work. All this desperation, but I don't really have any like precision or or charisma or charm. It's like it's like a fire hose. You're just trying to get under (laughs) control. You're just spraying it everywhere. Why I'm special? But I'm gonna just live my life as if that's the fact. (laughs) Exactly. Everyone else knows it. That's really the mentality you have to have (laughs) to start doing. What I needed was like Second City training or something as a teenager. Mm. It would have got. It would have. Focus I my energy. Del Close's desperation method. It would have, it would have focused my energy <laughs> way over my head. Uh, yeah. let, let's go back to uh, the two characters. I think that it not necessarily is. It could be John Hughes' personality, whatever. I but I think it's universal that we all have a bit of both of these characters in us. Exactly, and that's what makes like uh, this movie relatable. Because yes. I definitely am Steve Martin sometimes. And I'm, de- but I want to be John Candy sometimes. And then I'm definitely John Candy sometimes. I spill shit all over myself. And, you know, yeah. like I'm sure I'm annoying to people sometimes. But I, it's just like, 
I think if you're a reasonable person who's not a sociopath, you have both of these people in you. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned Coen Brothers. Are you a Barton Fink fan? Yes. You just had me thinking about it. Like, the Barton Fink character in that movie wants to write a story about the common man, and he has the John Candy character, who literally is the common, who is a traveling salesman, yeah. just like John Candy, and he tells him stories about his life, and he can't even hear what the guy is saying, because he's so obsessed with, quote unquote, being an artist, that he doesn't realize that he has a common man right next to him that he doesn't give any credit. Like, that's basically yeah. the dynamic of Steve Martin and John Candy in this movie. Yeah, and um, I like, the, here's something I also will give credit to just the writing of the movie. Even if it is inconsistent, I thought it was really smart how Steve Martin defined himself by his financial worth. Definitely. At the beginning of the film. At the beginning, yes. And so the first thing that he does is take that away from him and decides who is, how's this character going to define himself if by he can't. when they get robbed. Yeah. So they have no money. So now Steve Martin has to be a person. <laughs> yeah. And, and he's and not good at it. No. Well, the, and John Candy is really good at it. That's that and that's great. That that's yeah. so the the movie it's kind of like like the Odyssey. Like it's a, he's like he's going through all these gauntlets trying and he's he's learning to be a better person. But uh it's interesting. True. We were talking like talking about the tone and stuff. So I it's funny cuz this movie actually made me think of Die Hard and Predator. And an idea that I had watched this movie is that and one of the things I love about the 80s, I think movies from an era have more in common with one another than they yeah. do with movies from Ab- different genres. Absolutely. So this movie is like literally like a Bruce Willis in Die Hard. Like he he's a regular guy in extraordinary circumstances and he has to overcome these circumstances. And it also like Predator 2, like literally like Steve Martin is like sliding down a hill in the snow, which made yeah. me think of the scene in Predator where where Arnold Schwarzenegger is like sliding through the forest and falls into the water. It's like it's he has to overcome these obstacles. It's just played for laughs instead of I think for it's thrills. A, it's a combination That's of just the, the cultural norms of the time plus the minimal editing techniques available. Yeah. So there's not a lot of different, if you, you know, there was no avids right. at the time. Yeah. So there's only how many ways, like how many ways can you edit like a piece of celluloid, you know, film to, to show a man sliding down a, a, a hill. Somebody, uh, the, who, 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 Peter, who was the guest that said this? Um, how many 80s movies have that stock bullet ricocheting off exactly. a building sound effect? Bing! Oh, it was, it was Ed McGowan. Yeah, Ed McGowan. Great yeah. point. And they, they, he's right. Like a lot of, and that, that goes to your point, like the minimal techniques. Also, and a stuff. crash is about to happen, and it's like the hands over their eyeballs so they can't see. And the lights. And the screen. Yeah, 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 exactly. Which is, you're right. It, it, it gives it uh, a, a, a mis- not mystique, uh, like its own sort of but, '80s but film. Over also, it. I'm sure like they did that purposefully because it feels familiar. It certainly the does, audience yeah. wants to feel like like the movie is their their old friend that they're just yeah. Visiting. Well, that's a John Hughes film. Well, this I, I mean think. this movie if you well, you take the jokes out and you and you put in a bad guy and the, you basically could turn this into like a thriller if they're getting chased across the country and they're trying to get home while somebody some like you know nameless monster sure. is chasing them it's you could have the same the monster supposed scenario. to be the technology of the time yeah which is another thing i was thinking thinking of it's it's funny because like like now like with phones and everything everything is ruined by the fact that every we have access to everything like i remember like yeah. so when i was when i was backpacking in europe i had called my mother crying because I was having such a bad time alone in Europe. And she's like, well, you have a couple more days. And then I threw away my Euro pass by accident. Okay. And then the next day I got a kidney stone and had to get off the train and go to the hospital. And I was 19 years old traveling alone. And it's like, 
and I was completely disconnected. And now it's like now I would have my iPhone on me. I'd be calling from you know from the ambulance. Like there was all this ordeal that was going on. And mind you, this was also at a time when we did have international telephones could still make phone calls. So it wasn't even you know before that time when it would have been even harder. But it's interesting so how in this situation were you John Candy or Steve Martin? Um, I was definitely Steve Martin because I was definitely like, what the so fuck? So did you like rent a car and just say like 20 F-bombs at the, the rental car lady? No, I had, but I was like beholden Which, to... Which, by the way, I that's was my not favorite, expecting that scene. That's my favorite scene I've never movie. seen that before. <laughs> I never heard anyone reference it. So hearing Steve Martin say 20, 20 fucks... Yeah, over and over again in, in and, a minute, and it's also like the only time they you they say fuck in the movie exactly. is in that one scene. It's just yeah, it's like I like I said, I really feel like John Hughes was like, I'm gonna do whatever, whatever movie I, I want to do. There's no reason to have this many f words. It's There's totally unnecessary. Certainly no reason for that. <laughs> but like, he says like, I'm here with Steve Martin, and John Candy, and we're gonna be filming for three months, and I'm gonna have the time of my life. So that that's eating. I'm not mad at that. That's no, Edie me neither. I loved it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I was so happy that that scene. That, it was also yeah. a great uh, just in terms of like a bit. Yeah. yeah, the way that it ends is that with her. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's Edie McClure. Yeah, she, well, because she, she, after she's he, day off. Yeah, 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 yeah she's yeah. the she's the assistant and, and the vice And after he says all the fucks, uh, she goes, "Do you have your rental agreement?" And he goes, "No." And she goes, "Well, you're fucked." Yeah, so, yeah. no, it's it great. Is a yeah. Good, yeah, they also could basically cut that scene out and put it on regular television without any other editing, which is really smart if that's what John Hughes was trying to do. I don't, I don't think, think there's he any, did. Wait, oh, and call it like frick? I'm saying like, they could you, no, like, they could just edit that scene out completely. Oh, the entire and just scene. Put that movie on regular television without any problems. They probably would have over back in the day. They probably overdubbed it with something. Yeah. That's what they used to do. Fudge you and fudge, yeah. fudge the car and fudge. Frick, get me a new yeah. fudging car. Wipe that fudging smile off your fudging face. <laughs> yeah. This I is the '80s, right? My yeah. fudging keys to my fudging car. Yeah, yeah. That's. I think that's my favorite. That's a scene that I remembered from from the first time I saw the movie. And it because and it's, it is jarring because you're like whoa I don't Steve I don't Martin know. is like he's that's you not his clean, brand clean baby. comic that's what yeah you think. see you think he's an arrogant prick in real life because I no, think, no 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 no, no I he's think not, he's a nice man mm, there's something that is no 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 revealed I think in this well movie we don't too. know I mean we can't definitively say yes or no what what do you feel about him I think that he like like Candy like sort of exposing his sweet side in this movie and his innocence and vulnerability I think Steve Martin is kind of exposing. A helped, part of himself in this movie. I helped edit his comedians and cars episode, so only I only thing is like I saw him just be a person for four hours, and he seemed like the greatest yeah. guy ever. So uh, you know, we just <laughs> so, so Jeremy. Just, so, so you do know. <laughs> I don't know him, but I just just unedited. Been around him. He just seems just like a a really magnanimous. He also has young kids too, and I think young kids kind of keep you grounded with like the rest of the world as it changes a lot. And he seems like very uncynical and he doesn't have that old man. I'm a shitty old man and things are different complex. He likes what young kids are doing and he just, uh, I mean. He just wants know. to fuck him. I just, I have a huge crush on Steve Martin and I don't care about he the 40 year age kids. difference or the fact I'm not gay. It's just, yeah. So we, <laughs> none we, of this matters. We buried, the, we buried the lead a little bit that Jeremy in his day job edits, edits comedians in cars getting coffee, which is one of the great. I, probably the coolest day job of anybody I know for sure. Really? I, I mean, I can't think of anything else. It's I guess pretty, I don't know who you know. Yeah, I mean, I know cool people, but that's... I'm trying to think. In terms of day jobs, that's a pretty fucking good day job. Something that's not your main gig. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I'm trying yeah. to think. If in I addition know, to being yeah. a comic, in addition to being a filmmaker and a movie, obviously, a, clearly yeah, a movie buff. I have no life. 
No, it's good. <laughs> but you know what? It's worth it for moments like these where I can just sit down and, and nerd talk out. about a movie that I have mixed feelings about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel lukewarm about. Yeah. It. <laughs> um, but I, I'm happy I finally saw it. Like this was on the this was top of the list. Like I need to see this movie before I die. I want to backtrack for a second though. Uh, the ending to Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. All right. So they have the Kaiser Suze reveal. Yeah. Where you know. It turns out John Candy is homeless. Spoiler alert. Yep. That's why he's been dead for three years or eight years. Eight years yeah, yeah. Yep. And of course, Steve Martin invites him to Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And the the reveal where all first of all the family's all at the door, like they were just hanging there. It's a lot of them too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like the whole bunch. And none of them are alluded to prior to that moment. Just the wife. None of the kids. None of the n- no uncles. No 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 nothing. Yeah. And. Then, of course, the big 80s reveal where it's the beautiful woman comes down the stairs in slow motion. Yeah. That's yeah. a huge she's 80s like crying. trope. Uh, no, but she's very soft-spoken. She Isn't says, she cry? I thought there were like tears in her at eyes. The, no, when they, when they hug each other, yeah. I think she tears. But yeah, yeah. when she comes down, she like comes down very slowly. And then, of course, John Candy looks up like, oh, my God, that's a babe. Yeah, yeah, there is that moment for yeah. sure. For sure. How many days transpire in this movie? I didn't really get. I think four or five. It's, so he, you have to sort of calculate it. They never explicitly. So he say. was flying home, like you know, the, New York to Chicago is an easy flight. I don't yeah. know. Wait, 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 but, but hold on a second. Let me just point out that I, the, I love '80s rules for cinema because mm-hmm. there's no uh, there's no semblance of of social awkwardness in any capacity. Everybody is standing watching Steve Martin reunite with his wife and share a very intimate yeah, yeah, moment. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's no side dialogue. You can't hear anybody else having their own conversation. It's Thanksgiving. All right. I'm sure there's things that need Kids to be basted around. or oh, sure. things that need to be. But, but we're all going to be very quiet while Steve Martin and his wife hook up. Standing in a half circle. And <laughs> we're just going to let the stranger who we've never met before just ogle them. Yeah. And you know what? There's going to be music that makes it okay. Yeah, it's true. You do get duped by it. It's they a have very the, 80s the thing. leaving Las Vegas freeze frame on John Candy's face at the end. <laughs> well, there, I mean, again, if there's a knock on John Hughes, it's there's, and it's all these, a lot of these 80s movies, it's the sentimentality. So it's like a lot of the stuff at the end of the day, it's like, it's not the, it's not the logic of the movie so much as we have to hit these emotional notes. And like we have to give the I, audience I, these emotional what, notes. What is, here's the thing that I, I feel like I understand, but I could be off. What is John Hughes trying to say about John Candy at the end? Because it just ends with the freeze frame of him smiling at Steve Martin and his wife, kissing very uh, awkwardly. I guess he's happy that he's got a new friend that they've like. He's, he's like he's happy that they they he Does now he feel is, like he's part of a family again. I think so. I think like I think if John Candy has to have a have a a mission for this movie, it's to make friends with Steve Martin's character. Yeah, he and wants, I think he's finally he has no family so and he, he has a family again. He's been validated now by Steve Martin's so character. In some ways, do you think he kind of projects <laughs> like uh, paternal qualities on Steve Martin? Like this, he's at Thanksgiving dinner and this is kind of like his mom and dad like like showing mm. that there, there is a family unit in place and it's strong because it's kind of weird it's just a very i just thought the ending was not 
Of all yeah. the different ways it could end, I did not think it would end with John Candy watching Steve Martin and his wife hook up. I did think that was a weird... Like, they could have had the scene and then ended it with, like, them having, a, I don't know, a hug or something. It, it's weird that it ended with him and his wife kissing. Yeah. And, and then John Candy sort of taking, like, a lot of, like happiness out of that that's a weird ending you're right yeah i think like a lot of different endings i thought it was gonna be an ending where there this becomes like a thanksgiving tradition and it's like 10 years later and they're a little bit older and they're all sitting down at dinner and he's flash forward for sure for sure still annoying as fuck right right, but endearing yeah Yeah. well unfortunately both john candy and john hughes died tragically young so we'll never know if we're ever gonna get any more from those characters, but yeah, it's a, it's, it's sad. Yeah, about those true. guys. It definitely would have been like a sequel for the pay. <laughs> oh, for sure, been, yeah. for sure. John it's Candy nice really is. He's just no, like one of the all-time great, greats. And if man. you ask, like, like Norm Macdonald says, John Candy's his favorite comedian. Like a lot of guys, yeah. I think love. He's just so. I I do think that um he's just one of those guys. It's like he's clearly a maniac, but he's so sweet and so funny that you just can't help but love him. Yeah. yeah, one of the great, one of the all time great for like such a short movie career, he has like one of the he great. He was also movie for like like a big fat John Belushi esque dynamo of comedy. Yeah, I think he's probably out of all of them, maybe the best actor for sure. Oh yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I but think it, I brought it up, which in is the funny because Belushi really wanted to be taken seriously. Yeah, yeah but he wasn't actor. as good as yeah. John Candy. Like no John way. Candy had a lot of emotional depth that you're very surprised by. Yeah, yeah. I, let me bring up that scene because because we we talked about it in the beginning of the podcast, and I think this kind of highlights some of John Candy's depth. You know, everything is not an anecdote. You have to discriminate. You choose things that are that are funny or or mildly amusing or interesting. You're a miracle. Your stories have none of that. They're not even amusing accidentally. Honey, I'd, li- I'd like you to meet Del Griffith. He's got some amusing anecdotes for you. Oh, and here's a gun so you can blow your brains out. You'll thank me for it. <sighs> I, I, I could tolerate any any insurance seminar for days. I could sit there and listen to them go on and on with a big smile on my face. This is fucking good say, acting, man. How can you stand man. it? Both of them. Because I've been with Del Griffith. I can take anything. <laughs> you know what that'd say? That'd say, I know what you mean. The shower curtain ring guy. Whoa. It's, it's like going on a date with a chatty Kathy doll. I expect you to have a little string on your chest, you know, that I pull out and have to snap back. Except I wouldn't pull it out and snap it back. You would. Ah, 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 ah. <laughs> oh, poor John. By the way, you know, when, you're, when you're telling these little stories, here's a good idea. Have a point. It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. I feel like he's talking to me right now. <laughs> Oh, uh, shit. oh no! It doesn't show you the fucking, fucking John YouTube. Candy line. Oh, God that's the whole damn, point of the, the whole scene. Point. That's okay. I'm sorry about that, guys. Well, go watch quick, Plain Tains and Quick observation. Yeah. Backtracking Please, yeah. on how great of an actor John Candy is. At no moment during those reactions, reaction shots, do you think that John Candy is just gonna fucking punch him in the face? Right. Yeah. No. Yeah. He is. Eight times bigger than him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But at no moment do you think like he's gonna lose it. He's gonna murder him he's because he is that character. He's no, he's playing like slowly that character. Falling apart. He is a big baby in he this movie. Harmless. Yeah, and I don't think any other actor who looks like that in the history of planet Earth can pull that moment off. Who has that uh, uh, that uh, character that that charismatic, Even funny like fat guy? Chris Farley or John Belushi. No. I think they're gonna fucking. They're more come threatening at me with yeah. the. I, I, yeah, I can't Full see, force. like, 
you in that clip, unfortunately, John Candy didn't say a word, but he does act with his eyes in that. I mean, it's not an audio thing, but you see the sincerity in yeah. uh, in the character that he's he's committing to it. Like yeah. in real life, it would have been a, a entirely different reaction. And I think that you know Farley was a good actor too, but but you could have seen it in his eyes that like it was you know what i mean i yeah. I, I could see through uh john belushi staring at me like that there's yeah like. there's no threat of violence in Candy yeah. the way that there is in farley and, and belushi yeah yeah and you yeah. kind of that's the only way that moment works 100 percent. like and, like farley and, and belushi are like you know you know burning down the hotel room fucking crazy candy was like he seems like he would have been the drinking alone in the quarter corner guy. Do you know what I mean? Like he was self-destructive, but he wasn't yeah. like, I don't think, I mean, I don't know. I don't know so, his biography, but he doesn't seem like he was the guy that was like, like hell raising. He was just the sad clown. Well, literally. he was, he's a loud guy, but yeah, I agree. He's not, I don't think he was like the way Farley and Belushi, they were legendary, like for being physically destructive. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like Farley used to fucking, there's so, have you ever heard the stories with Adam Sandler uh, talking about, them at SNL writing and stuff. He used to like pull his dick out. Yeah. Like, yeah shit out the window. Yeah. 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 I mean, like, I believe that. <laughs> like, yeah. I totally buy it. Yeah. You know? So, um, yeah. Um, I think that, I think we covered planes, trains, yeah. and automobiles. John yeah, this else is yeah. This is good. Yeah. We hashed it out. I, this was cathartic. Yeah. yeah I feel yeah. like, you know, in the beginning, I had, I, I, I thought I was going to disagree with you, but I, I, th- I mostly agree with all your points. For sure. I mean, I still enjoy the movie. Me too. I'd probably watch it again. Yeah, exactly. I watched it a few times. Yeah. Well, see, you watched yeah. it multiple times. Yeah. That's that that speaks for itself. So, yeah. I mean, I agree. Not not like a fantastically well made movie, but yeah. it was very enjoyable. I'm feeling well, very same. very sad, John Candy, right now. Like this movie, like yeah, I want to go down today. the John Candy rabbit hole as well. I'm just no. I'm just like I'm actually like feeling I, the. I'm with you on feeling that. Feeling the character right now. I'm like the lone, you know, the lonely guy who's just trying it's to make too friends. Bad. With everybody. Cool Runnings is an '80s movie. Oh, oh man, man. It's too bad. you know what? Let's right. just do it. We'll cool Runnings it. is one of my favorites, dude. We can do I, Cool Runnings. I love Cool Runnings. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll get to it eventually. <laughs> Let's do Cool Runnings. Finally, a movie that Alex loves. I'll be back for Cool Runnings. Yeah. Oh, that'd be cool. Jeremy, is there anything you want to? Yeah, yeah going on uh plug um i have a short film coming out soon but i don't know that's not really that's pretty cool do I mean, you guys doing... post links and shit yeah. sure yeah 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 well, right. what's it coming out is it already out uh i'm almost <laughs> done editing it um i shot it with uh ryan reese the warm-up comedian for late night with seth myers yep and uh it should great be great comedian yeah it's gonna be on like funny or die and probably some film festivals and whatever it's gonna be on funny or die uh Hopefully. Okay. All right. I've been on. Um, sometimes they put my stuff on there, but okay. You know, I got to go through a guy. <laughs> He's got a guy. Well, yeah, you I got to go through a guy, but feel good about it. Mm. And that's the police. That's my ride. I will see you. Yeah. <laughs> What's it going to be called? Do you have any names or hundred dollar bill trick? Hundred dollar bill trick. Nice, nice. All right. Yeah. Short film. Um. And Peter, anything? Uh, yeah. I, I just did uh, the first uh, show in my show in Jersey City at FM Bar two days ago, and it was actually fantastic. It was great way to start the new year and just doing stand-up i'm just gonna be do you have another date planned? uh we're probably gonna do it again in february i don't have a date just yet well I, I do february 7th uh v-spot organic st nice. mark's aggressively chill uh the first show was a huge success so nice. they invited us back carbonio thank you um and yeah me and dean david host the show we've had dean on the podcast um we had drop-ins come in on our first show um uh, Rami Youssef he, uh, dropped nice. in. Uh, he's a very funny comic. 
Uh, we had Julio Gallarotti on. We had Caitlin Murphy. It was, it was a really good show. Lineup's not booked for February yet, but it's going to be awesome. It's $5. St. Mark's, 7 p.m., February 7th. That's uh, a Thursday. All right. Yeah, and if you can make it to Broadway Comedy Club in 30 minutes, <laughs> you'll well, see me on stage. This is going to post next week, so chances are. <laughs> Never mind. Well, well, every Friday night at 9. Yeah. Oh, every Friday night? Yeah. Yeah, come see him. Why not? Yeah. Nice. All, All right, right, guys. Love John, you. John Candy, rest in peace. Big Bye. R.I.P.